Welcome to the Wake Up and Live show. I am your host, Chantel Simone, and it is such a pleasure to be here today. It is Tuesday, and we are happy, we are excited, and we are really enthused for today's topic. If it's the very first time that you're watching the show, welcome. We stand for three key things here at the Wake Up and Live show. It's purpose, mind mastery, and truth. So expect to be shifted. Expect the unexpected. Expect to hear something that you need to hear right now, today, right at this very moment to be able to shift you and your thinking to the next level. We are all about evolution of our mind, body, spirit, soul, finances, relationship, and our ultimate purpose. So you are in the right place at the right time. Take a moment right now to click that share button so that you can share it with somebody else. Be a blessing because you just never know where people are at. We never know what they're thinking on the inside. And there just might be something that our very special guest has to share with you that can shift you and the people that you know. So... We are very excited to be entering into our season three of the Wake Up and Live show. And for that, I'm going to actually invite our co-host for season three along to join us, Mr. Lester Bailey. Mr. Lester Bailey, welcome to the show. Well, how about that? Well, I'm so glad to appear. Hello, everyone. And how are you on another great day? How's everybody surviving throughout this, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19 time? Listen, today we're going to be talking about a beautiful subject. And it's an amazing subject because we talk about the mind. And we're going to talk about the mind in such a prospective way. So we want you all to chime in. You know, as of yesterday, we asked you, if you agree with us, please press one. But if you disagree with us, press two. But let us know what you're thinking. We're so glad to help you. We're so glad to be a part of you. And we're going to enjoy this day on purpose with a purpose. So you all sit back, relax, but enjoy every moment. Thank you, Chantel. Awesome. Well, guys, listen, this is our third season of the Wake Up and Live show. And this season is dedicated to you. It's dedicated to your voice, to your opinion. You know, we've heard so many people have coffee conversations, Zoom conversations, side conversations, street conversations that are contradicting, contradictory to what's out there in the news or what other people may, may, may believe. And overall, there's some perspectives that anger people. There's some perspectives that um, offer a new, refreshing view to life. And so this season is really dedicated to your voice. Because we want to know and we want you to share your perspective so that you can go ahead and impress upon your perspective with others or maybe you receive a perspective from others. I said everybody they mute themselves and then I ask you how you're doing. Might as well be Excuse me? Sure, and have so I'm just going to mute Mr. Bailey. There we go. Awesome. So for that, now to, for today's topic, I want to introduce to you, we are going to talk about something that has been very, very prevalent in our society in the past few years, and it all comes down to mental health. So there's, it's mental health has been on a rampage for the past, uh, like I said, a few years, and specifically recently with, with the COVID-19 breaking, depression rates are increasing, suicide rates are increasing. Now we add on the movement of Black Lives Matter. There's people that are needing to cope with stress. There's so much around it. Today, we're going to go deeper. So are you ready? Do we have your permission to just give you the whole truth, the all truth and nothing but the truth? 
Why, thank you. We heard you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to introduce our very special guest who is an expert in the field of mental health to help us unpack this topic of where does mental health really come from? And what can we do about it? So please help me welcome to the show our very special guest, Miss Nia. Welcome to the show, Nia. Hi, thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's a pleasure. Now, Mia, I know you've been working in this field of mental health for quite some time. You have your own private practice. You also work for an, an established company. So can you, first of all, to get, for allow people to know a little bit about you, can you share three key things that define who you are? Yeah, I think the things to define me is that I'm passionate, um, I'm purposeful, and I'm determined. Ooh, very good. All oh, very necessary as you're working in the field of mental health. Yeah. <laughs> means you don't give up on your clients. No, I do not. <laughs> that is awesome. Awesome. Now, Nia, can you share just a little bit, just to give people context of your work in the field? What have you done in the field of mental health? Um, I've done a lot. So um, I'm not a traditionist when it comes to mental health. I'm really one of, I, I would say, a uh, mental health influencer and enthusiast about just re redefining the field. Uh, historically, mental health has been really um, at the forefront of um, Caucasian development of the brain. And so I believe that um, I add a diverse twist to that because I have different lived experiences, which gives me a different understanding and landscape of, of mental health. And so uh, that in layman terms means um, I'm very, I make up a lot of my own methodologies based off the already the theoretical preferences that we have to um, derive from. And um, I add my twist of personal development attached to that. Well, now that's interesting. That's fascinating. So you take what's already existing and you kind of add your personal twist. Where does your personal twist come from? Um, just lived experiences and just my experience with helping people. Um, I think I've had a really a diverse background. So um, I grew up from a different disadvantaged background, right? So I had to deal with a lot of the setbacks of the mental health component that was normalized as a lifestyle rather than a mental health uh, condition or setback. So I have that lived experience. And then uh, once I got into school, I then started to learn the theoretical preferences and historical knowledge of mental health. So I have that background. And then I got into life coaching um, just as my own form of healing because I didn't want to go the mental health route because I am a mental health professional. And so I would always like dissect what they're doing and like uh, rate if they're a good mental health clinician. So then I went the, the uh, personal development route and I fell in love with it. And so then I, uh, I volunteered and really learned the personal development techniques uh, for about three years. Um, and then I just it segue into just learning about uh, neurolinguistics. And so I delved deep into learning about NLP and, um, and how that uh, sets a landscape for human interaction. And so all that embodied together with uh, my history of practicing, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice mix of diversity within the mental health field. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you can see why. And you know what? This, when we first met, it was like a God appointment. I don't know if anybody's ever had a God appointment where you just meet someone who's just so aligned with your vision, your mission. You guys have similar journeys, similar future thoughts. And that's how it was when not only when Lester and I met, but also now when Nia and I met. So can you just imagine what we're about to do? 
So watch out, world. I love it. Okay, so that's awesome. I'm totally aligned with all that you, you're, you're sharing. So let's start off with defining. What is mental health? So um, that's a very multifaceted question, but I'll, I'll explain it in the way that I understand mental health. So mental health is anything that's the chemical imbalance to your life, right? And so what that looks like is if anything's out of alignment, um, whether the person's out of alignment, the spirituality's out of alignment, the environment's out of alignment, the physical health, the mental, uh, the mental capacity is out of alignment, uh, financial resources are out of alignment, you tend to have um, a, a reaction of mental stress on, on the brain. And so that modifies your reactions to any stress or trauma experienced along the way. And then it, it makes for uh, some type of uh, mental imbalance. And that's what I believe mental health is. Okay. So it's like in a mental imbalance. Now, when we, when we come to this earth as babies and mm -hmm. you know we're born, are we, do you believe that we're born with some sort of mental health condition or is it developed over time? I think it's a bit of both. So I think that epigenetically we do have DNA triggers, uh, that will trigger D, uh, mental health, uh, symptoms, right. As a form of protection. Uh, just off of uh, survival, fight or flight or freeze. Um, but I think that, well, I know that environmental has a lot to, uh, to do with mental health. Okay. So, so basically it, it, we may be born with some chemical something in our brain. Is that what you're saying? And, 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 and our environment can either foster it more or not. So uh, we are born with the DNA genetically in our DNA. It's not in our brain. Mental health only affects the brain if there's uh, life stressors associated with it. So stress on the brain develops mental health conditions. Uh, and how we're born into this world, we do have a DNA that has mental health strains. And it's only triggered during environment, dependent on our environment or some form of trauma. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then let's jump in to the key question of today. For those of you who are watching, I just want to shout you out. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you, Frank. Hello, hello, my friend. Lloyd Lawrence, um, Jason Smith, Stanley. Hey, guys, thank you guys for watching all on who's on the page. And um, anybody who's watching on the Wake Up and Live Show page, hello, hello, hello. We're talking about where does mental health really come from? We are joined by Nia, who's an expert. She's been working in this field and has uh, developed her own methodology and her own approach to working with her clients. So Nia, can you tell us then, where does mental health really come from? Um, okay, so just going back to environmental stresses. Um, so there's a study, like I said, it's called epigenetics. And in this study, what happened was as a neuroscientist who his job was to um, examine brain scans, right? Uh, for psychopaths who were trying to uh, claim mental insanity so they didn't have to go to jail for uh, the crimes they committed. And so that's what he did for years. And um, so also in epigenetics, it's also a, a characteristic trait for uh, autoimmune diseases or hereditary diseases. So he had his family's brain scan and DNA scan for auditory immune system diseases or any form of uh, genetic diseases. So mm -hmm. when his brain scan came back, um, it showed that he had the same brain scan as a, the psychopath that he examined um, 
for uh, hmm. during during their trial, right? Mm-hmm. So this intrigued him, and he went on this whole life purpose to really find himself and really who he was and what he discovered um, in his research and his studies. And I wish I had the name, but I just came across this art this article. Um, is that um, the only thing that was different between him and the person that is um, on their way to jail for life is that his environment was conducive to his disorder. So uh, psychopaths are very um, obsessive. You know, they're really meticulous. They're very uh, committed to their work. And so think about it, a neuroscientist will have to be a committed person who's almost obsessive about what they do in order to you know, foster that energy into something that's actually working for them rather than against them. Now, I use that story as an example to show that if you don't have um, support systems and a a really cultivative environment to really foster um, your natural uh, uh, genetic traits that are going to work for you, um, or against you, then you're going to be susceptible to those that backlash from your environment, right? So then just taking the current climate right now, if you're African-American and you make a mistake, uh, maybe off of a genetic trigger or maybe you're having a, a mental lapse, then you're, you're more times to go to jail than you are to receive mental health treatment. And so I think that um, in a long story, and a long story short, that mental health is really dependent upon the family structure and the environment and the resources. You know, let me ask you this question here, and that, that, that's really important. And I know we're moving fast on this topic, topic, but throughout this particular type of Black Lives Matter season, and we're seeing more people seeing harmful ways of the things that have gone on with policing, and as they would say. So is that environment helping or hurting the mental health environment? When, they, when they're seeing these marches and protests, how are they? How are people's mind adjusting to this season? Yeah, how that's a great question. Adjusting to this season? Um, not good. So what we're seeing in the rioting, um, the protesting, we're seeing a trick, the true trickle down effect, right? Not the political BS that um, they want us to believe, but the true trickle down effect is that environment really affects behavior. And think about it. We've been in COVID for almost three to four months, um, isolated. Some people, you know, they don't come from good homes. You know, the domestic violence rates are up, like uh, Chantel had mentioned, suicide rates are are up. And it's really because people are not in the comfort of their home. Now, one of the great escapes in order to for stress management has been going to work for eight to nine hours a day. Or some people use fitness as a support or even just taking a vacation here and there. Right. In order to really manage their stress. Now, if you're in a home environment that's really toxic or not supportive or even your environment maybe you don't have the resources and food maybe you lost your job there's so many different things that's being affected homeschooling your children things of that nature um compound into this one event and then um a lot of social media use is being used and so the amount of people exposed to the to the level of violence during this period is at an all-time high because everybody's in front of a device, right? And so what we're seeing happening, acting out is, one, an enmeshment of mental health reactions. We talked about epigenetics, natural reaction characteristic traits to some form of violence, right? So it's triggering that fight or fight mode in people because they are experiencing post-secondary trauma. And that's what we're seeing acting out. Now, okay, so 
let's just bring it down to just some people's experience, like general experience, because I do know, and I, it, it may or may not be common, but I do know some people who are protecting their environment, meaning they're not turning on CNN anymore. They are not looking at the statistics anymore. They are doing their best to focus in on who they are. They're taking time to get closer to God. Um, maybe they're launching a business and that's their exciting part. What from your opinion, and let's get, this is where we're gonna weigh in on perspectives today, guys. So if you're watching, we're gonna see if you align with this perspective, we're gonna get her, uh, Nia's perspective. So let me know if you align with this perspective or not. So from your opinion, do you believe, like what's the difference between the people who are, let's say, triggered by different environments um, and those who are not triggered by the environment and are still keeping a good mental state during these times? What's the big difference? I think there's two big differences. Uh, one big difference is if you are emotionally intelligent and you have a really good mental um, thermometer, as I would say, you know how to self-regulate. If you don't know how to self-regulate, then your, uh, your, in your trauma impact level is gonna be higher Right. But then also there's cognitive dissonance, which is you literally separate yourself emotionally, mentally and environmentally from what's happening in the world as a form of survival. OK, so what would be the difference between just so we're clear between what did you call it? Cognitive dissonance, dissonance um, and what uh, would you say emotional high, emotionally high emotional IQ? What would be the difference between that? Uh, one is a escape factor, right? That doesn't hold you responsible for managing your emotions and your mental health. And the other one is being able to self-regulate. Okay, okay. So let's ask the audience, for those who are watching, even if you're watching on the replay or on the podcast or on our YouTube channel, um, let us know, are you self-regulating right now? Meaning you have a high level of emotional IQ or are you just running away from all the stats as much as you can so that you can actually stay focused on today's goal and what you wanna achieve? So let's just get a poll. How are you guys coping with all that's going on? Are you do you are you self-regulating or are you running away from the information? That's really what it comes down to. And I love that. That's that's so true. So as we are getting that that those um, responses in, Nia, can you tell us mm -hmm. there are different elements, you know, how there's people who understand we had a we had a show. Um, a couple days ago, and we really got into some other type of school of thought behind what is showing up. So I say there's, a, you know, like a politician answer or like a scientific answer. And then there's also more behind it. Now, I know you're a woman of faith. I know that you believe in spirituality. So can you tell me what role does spirituality have with mental health? Um, so spirituality has actually uh, had a really big hand in mental health. Even in the Bible, um, Paul suffered from depression. And he was very transparent about that uh, when he was in prison around his mental warfare that he was experiencing. And even when Jesus was on the mountain and we talk about the devil, 
or that was talking to him, that's auditory hallucinations. And so what we would deem it as, right? Um, hearing voices, seeing things. So, you know, mental health has been around since the beginning of time. It's the way in which we process and deliver the message of mental health that I feel like has been lost because we stigmatize it rather than accept it as a way of life. Um, so wait a minute. So you believe Paul went through depression. Um, so we're talking about Paul in the Bible. For So for those of you who may not know scripture, um, there is a gentleman who actually is responsible for writing a lot of the Old Testament. His name is Paul. He was, let's call him a warrior for Christ, but he did go through some suffering in jail and all that sort of stuff. So through that, you believe that he was suffering from depression? Absolutely. I think that Paul, I know that Paul suffered from managing his depression. Wow. Perspective. Perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what, what led you to that conclusion? Um, just in his passages in the Bible of him talk, uh, asking God to take um, these burdens off of him. Um, if you think about it, like he went through a lot of suffering in order to spread the gospel. Um, suffering is secondary to, to depression. You know, he, in, in order for him to really self-regulate and manage himself, that's why his spirit, his faith was had to be so dead deep. And a lot of people who are um, empathic, we struggle from depression. I struggle from depression too. And what that, that does, um, is it puts us in isolation, right? So that we connect to our higher, higher power because he's trying to send a message to us. Hmm. Well, what's the difference between, I, I know I'm not in. I'm, I'm just curious on my own stuff. So what's the difference between someone who just maybe uh, have has a depressing moment, like you know maybe um, somebody passed or something terrible happened to them and they're just getting over it. So how what's the difference between someone who has a depressing moment and versus someone that they're suffering from depression? Um, so there's different characteristic traits of depression. So I feel personally that uh, there's a difference between what's coming out, um, and I'm actually like on the uh, one of the mental health clinicians that's on the forefront of like really making it known as high functioning depression. Um, so high functioning depression is where you can have a stable life but still also suffer from undertones of depression. Um, how it shows up in my life specifically is that any time that I'm in this creative state and I'm needing to deliver something um, um, creatively in manifestation then I'll get into these uh, experiences where I lose lack of interest in everything, right? So I can do my work, I can function, but anything else is a distraction and I just don't have the willpower to do it. I know then that I need to look within because I'm trying. a message is trying to be sent to me for, for a reason. Wow. And it's so interesting. I mean, I, you, you gave me an interesting perspective, of course, you know, talking about people through the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And to see it. My question of it is, is how can a layman observe some of the people who are going through depression, bipolar, or some other, you know, I don't want to call it a regular mental health issue, but prominent mental health issue. Are, are there signs in which we can see for people to, the average person, to tell what that looks like? Yeah. So if I, for bipolar, if you're going, so uh, it's, it's hype, it's hypomanic and hypermanic, right? So hypomanic is when you're able to still function, but you have a lot of access energy, right? So a lot of people who suffer from hypomanic uh, bipolar disorder, they are 
amazing at work because they go in there, they get the job done, they have these spurts of energy where they're super creative, and then they're like, like the best like employees. But there's something kind of you know off. A lot of those people suffer in silence. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of negative self-talk that goes in in their mind, and then they tend to isolate to hide their symptoms until they get get off that high, and they're able to go back to their baseline. Um, hypermanic is where we see a lot of the um, auditory hallucinations or acting out in grandiose gestures. Um, I've learned through just working with people who have bipolar that people who suffer from bipolar disorder are super creative, right, in some mm -hmm. form or fashion. And when they're in these manic states, the best thing that they can do after they come off that super high. So I think stress is also related to triggering bipolar too. So if you don't have really great stress management skills, then you can stress yourself into a manic episode because you basically thrust, cross over your threshold of mental stability and you push yourself way too far. Now, for people who have natural characteristics traits of bipolar disorder, I believe that they're supposed to be creative. I think that they also have to keep a creative space open and any form of suppression is going to trigger them because they're such free-spirited, creative people. They need to be able to uh, manifest, manifest, evolve, be open, be free. They don't fit into structured systems. It you know, something like them. Prince, huh? <laughs> when you look at yeah. Prince being the type of person, you know, right. meeting him and, and seeing what that side looks like. It's interesting because a lot of us miss the signs of what some of the people look like. And if you don't try to give them signs to see people, then we, we miss the mark. And, you know, those of us who sometimes people call stable. <laughs> We're not yeah. quite sure what stable looks like for each and every one of us. Now, when you're taking that same thing over to a spiritual field, you know, and how our spirits look, can you identify that even spiritually or what is your thought spiritually about people who manifest those mental illnesses? Because sometimes, of oh. course, you see them in different areas. I think anytime a person spirit is suppressed, they're going to have some form of mental health disorder. I don't care how you dress it up. And it's because we were created to be free spirited people. And if our spirit is in bondage to where we're literally making ourselves sick to fit into a culture or a certain uh, perception we have in ourselves, then we're not allowing, you know, that ebb and flow that cycle to really, you know, we're punish yourself because we're always involving, evolving people. Like we go through transitions. I also think that because of the stigma associated with mental health, people don't allow themselves to evolve. And we call it in the personal development world, self-actualize. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't understand that when you're self-actualizing, you're dying to your flesh and you're going to be depressed because you're living an old life that you didn't even, that you had mastered. And then you're being called forth into a new life that you're a baby in. It's that ebb and flow where you're having to start all over. And so when we hold on to this idea, this identity, this self that we created, there's some mental health features that go into that until we're able to naturally then take our, our rightful place into that next sphere and adapt to what's going on. But I think people jump the gun or they're not just in, in for, the, for the calling, right? Mm -hmm. And then they develop mental health of symptoms because they're not supposed to be in that space. Well, you know, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna flip the script or or, or go a little deeper, if I may, um, mm -hmm. today because 
you know, there's, because it basically sounds like we all gonna have mental health challenges at some point in our life or another. Like I don't, it sounds like as if that there's nobody that's gonna be free from a mental health experience. Is that right? Is that for you to Absolutely. say? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So we all gonna go through, we all gonna go through it and some cope with it better than others. And sometimes it gets really out of hand. There's sometimes that people literally hear voices in their mind and whatever the scientific term is, um, you know, it's really about they hear voices or they're being led by something, they're being possessed by something. And I, you know, I did a Facebook Live not too long ago. I was on the beach and I just was reflecting that life is spiritual. And I say that we are spirit beings having a human experience and a human body. So sometimes there's things in the unseen that we can't actually tangibly touch, but it drives us. There's a spirit behind everything that we do. So how do you discern from somebody who literally has, because I'm a, obviously I work in mind transformation. It is embedded with mental health topics. Um, and it's really, and, and somebody asked me how I define mind transformation. I said, it's the ability to transcend the mind and tap into spirit. So it works both good and bad. So what would you say to people who, who, who maybe come to you with some sort of uh, mental health, it shows up as a mental health disorder, but you actually know, do you, first of all, do you believe that there is uh, something called demons that may be driving these mental health that are taking over our thoughts because our thoughts are either kind of good or bad, you know? So do you believe that there's something spiritual behind what drives us that shows up as mental health? Okay, so yes. Um, but I don't label them as demons because I think that um, even that term alone is scary when it's um, when it's massaging to mental health and there's already a stigma associated with mental health being scary. Um, I I like to call it um, generational trauma, right, or mm -hmm. some form of neglect, right, or some form of abuse, right, or just a, a characteristic trait or a natural uh, ability that is not in alignment with God's will. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Now, I don't know for, for some of you who grew up in church, um, if you've ever seen some pastors at the pulpit, uh, or if you didn't grow up in church, you might've seen it on TV or some YouTube videos, uh, you know, and I've seen pastors lay hands and rebuke demons and say, get out, get out. And then you just kind of see somebody convulse or what have you. And then all of a sudden they're like, they snap out of this, some sort of trance. Mm -hmm. um, so when you sit with clients, do you identify with that? Like what, what's happening with the pastor and that person? Cause I'm sure to society, that person has a mental health challenge. The pastor came, touched, laid hands on them and, and said, demon out. And, and all of a sudden it's out. So how do you deal with those situations? What's your thoughts and perspective on that? So it's, it's really great that you bring this topic up because I think that God works in mysterious ways and he'll use anybody. Right. And so one of the things that um, God led me to was a book of Acts. And it talked about how Paul uh, always received the Holy Ghost to really guide him to the point to where he had ended up um, in his non-Christian Christian's home. I forgot his name, but also God used him too. He got a relationship with him. He wasn't even a, a, a Christian. So what God led him to do was really be in conversation with him about um, that he was going to deliver the Gentiles from 
um, not having their spiritual connection uh, with God. So I believe that, you know, God will use anybody who's willing to be a vessel, right? Um, I think that when we try to wrap our limited ability around understanding how God works, that we limit how God works miracles, right? And so I believe like a person on the street who's coming up to me, and that's why God tells us to treat everyone the same because you don't know who he's going to be using to deliver that blessing to you, right? So on a, so I think that's one of those lessons that we really learn really early on. We think it's about sip. Oh, wow. I was Interesting. Thinking we, we, we're getting to the best part of this and it's amazing when you start seeing how people's purpose, how they actually jump into a particular way of thinking. I was once with um, a prominent you know, politician mm -hmm. and there was a picture on the wall of black people in a church and you see them dancing all around the room. Mm -hmm. And while they're dancing, someone would actually look back and make the, the statement is that they were getting, they were getting the devil out or the, the demon out or whatever the bad spirit, because most, especially what they call spirit, Spirit-filled churches, you see people dancing around, trying to get out whatever that, that thing is is lightning inside of them. And we're now understanding that it's a different way of looking at your mental health because if you store so much inside of you, it's got to come out somehow. And how is, how is that coming out of your system? So that's always a good question to start seeing how we deal with it in a different way. Some people laugh, some people, you know, they joke because you're looking like comedians like Richard Pryor and Robin Williams, who were some of the best comedians, but they, you know, passed away from, they didn't think anybody loved them. They always felt that they were alone. And we now understand that that was mental health issues. And how, how does that work? You know, I just had to kind of throw that in. <laughs> Go ahead, Chantel. Because mm -hmm. that kind of hit my mind when she's, when Nia had made that comment. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Nia? It's 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 funny because and and thanks, Lester, for that because it's it's so true. Uh, you know, we're now having this label of mental health, but for those who have grown up seeing, I want to really deep dive into the polarity of you go to a doctor, they say mental health. You go to a church, they say you have it's spiritual warfare, right? Whatever if it's a demon or whatever, right? So it's the same scenario but two different result two different kind of um diagnosis one they may give you medication and two they may lay hands on you is it the same thing essentially and what is the difference between the two processes i think that because the spiritual world is such a, 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 a unknown that people want things that they can see tangibly right and so i think that people go the holist, the, the either the holistic route, which is the spiritual route, um, and they get their support there. But because the church has been um, so controversial, you know, with their practices, a lot of people lost trust trust in the church, and so they deviated to uh, medical background, right? But um, I feel that because of the two not working together and working as separate entities. Um, there, that's why we see such a disconnect because either you go to the the medical hospital and you get support. So a lot of people don't trust doctors, right? Um, there's only in my field for four percent African Americans. Um, so leaving the rest of the uh, community Caucasian, 
right? One percent other. So I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to anyone that's not black. Would trust them with my mind? That's not going to happen. And so a lot of people think that, right? They think like, I would never trust a Caucasian person with my well-being because of the history that we have. And too, there's a cultural deficiency there where mm. you're not going to have the same problems as me. So the way that I see and experience the world, how could you counsel me on that? You know, Taraji G, Taraji G. Henson, she once stated that Black people don't want to actually admit that they have mental health issues. And they don't want to go and see a doctor. Is it because that most of the people we know happen to be of a different nationality than us? Would it be, would it be better if we had more people in the field as you are to be able to help us actually identify ourselves in going to a doctor? Or do you think that we still want to just to hide it? I think it's both. I think one, this field is still growing, uh, right? And then two, because of um, our our country's history with um, discrimination, a lot of black people have not been able to be in the field to add their um, the cultural differences because African Americans and Africans have always practiced some form of healing work. It's just that when we came over here and when we got free, they put licenses on it because we didn't have access to education. And so even midwives, midwives used to deliver babies and then they they put the fact that you had to be a licensed doctor or a nurse, but black people weren't able to read, black people weren't able to um, to go to school. And so the midwifery, um, that, that field had died out. But if you see the level of black women who die when they're giving labor has gone up because of that epigenetic disc apathy disconnect that you know Caucasian people have and I think that you know it's it's a long history of discrimination of keeping us out of the field to help and heal our people I think that there definitely needs to be a change in in access and policy even when I took my licensed clinical boards to become a licensed therapist it was racially biased um it, it's, it's just a lot of different things I had to cross a lot of red tape in order to get in this place where I'm at but I feel very comforted and free because no one can take it away from me you know, you raise uh, this, this conversation actually just, I just had an aha moment for our community, for the black community, because we were talking about my whole goal. You, as you both know, um, I've created a, a certification process that we're actually launching, which we're very excited about where um, I'm teaching my transformation and it's the mind spirit connection, mind, mind, body, spirit, sure. But the power is in the mind spirit connection. And in our mind, which I'll lead to science, because it's more tangible, more real, more fact-based, uh, the black community is not trusting that because people don't look like us. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know what's going on. We can't really trust your diagnosis. In when we turn to the spirit, which a lot of black community, you know, people there were 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 birthed in that generally. So we're really spiritual people, but yet. Churches have gone, you know, Hayward and left and right. And so there was a little bit of lack of trust there. So really the two avenues that that we're able to go seek help, we don't get help from, we can't trust. Mm -hmm. So not only that, now you layer on depression or, or oppression and now you layer on Black Lives Matter. Now you layer on all these other elements. This is 
the reason why we see the state of the black community the way it is because the solutions that are out there it's like we can't even trust them and so that was my aha moment right now and so it makes me really say that to everybody in our in our community for those who are watching you know one of the key things is is that avoid trusting outside sources I'm going to speak to, as Nia gets back online, I'm going to speak directly. Avoid trusting outside sources and trust your inside source. That will never prove you wrong. And your inside source may lead you to something externally. So you may be led, hey, you may be led to this, to this show and you're like, wow, I get to learn really how the mind works from a scientific perspective and how it works from a spiritual perspective. I get to learn the real principles through this Simone method that you're launching, Chantel, let me know. Or wow, you may be led to a certain pastor. It may not be every pastor, but there may be one pastor that you're kind of connected to and say, you know what, he's speaking the truth. I really need to lean on that. Or you may be led to a doctor or even a black therapist, or if you're if you're not in the black community, just a therapist that you trust. So right. it, it just really hit me and, and um, you can turn on your, your video as well, Nia. It just really hit me that that's one of the key things is that there's a lack of trust, but that doesn't mean that we stay, you know, in a hole or stay by ourselves without the solution. Let your internal guide lead you so that you mm -hmm. can start to build trust and, 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 and seek the right help. And also it's, it's a motivator motivation factor um and i'll share a little bit and be transparent about my experience and why i got into the mental health field in the first place um is um i have a sister who um was 14 when she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and um i was raised from a disadvantaged background um, and i saw my mother uh, and we are we came from faith-based so you know we my mother believed that you know, take it to the take, take it to the, the church they're going to deal with it we're going to deal with this as a family well, back then, um, it was around the, in the 80s, they didn't believe in spirituality and mental health, what, you know, which has changed now dramatically. However, they gave my mother two choices. You either institutionalize your daughter or we take her away from you for, from CPS for neglect. And I saw that and I saw the brokenness, um, the powerlessness in my mother. Um, I, saw, I saw the hurt and the pain that's the system because their own ignorance inflicted on her that they basically took away her, her, her human rights to be a mother. And so I also saw how race played into that, how discrimination played into that. And I remember when I was seven years old, when I saw that, I didn't really know that that was going to, um, it was going to evolve into where I am now. But I had made a statement that I would make sure that my family and no one ever that I ever knew would experience that type of rejection and pain again and so now i'm in the mental health field and i'm like the biggest advocates for um, my patients and my clients because i know how it feels for someone to not listen to you to not value you to not honor you because they feel like you're not worthy very very powerful and that is so true you know there's a lot of people that that can echo that and are really going through the same thing so I truly, truly appreciate that perspective. Wow. Well, as we're starting to wrap up a little bit of the, of the show, why don't we just really touch upon reintegrating into the society? Because, of course, there's Black Lives Matter in the movement. Of course, Corona caused some mental health challenges. But what are some of the things we can do? 
to reintegrate into the society because things are starting to open up again. Um, businesses are starting to, to, you know, gain more clients. What are some things that you can share with people to kind of keep a level mind and a focused mind going forward? Okay. So the best thing that people can do is accept change, right? I think that we are so um, obsessive over stability in a system that has not been equitable to people. Um, now, I hear a lot of people say the notion of things will never be equitable, but my question is at whose expense, right? Mm. So I feel that as we're navigating this space of privilege, of discrimination, of new beginnings, of reconstruction, that we also take a really in-depth um, look within ourselves internally and really ask on the side of that coin, where do you lie, right? And if you are feeling some form of anxiety, you know, our depression, um, what is that about? Are you feeling anxiety and depression because you know what you're gonna go back into and you don't feel internally that you should be there? You should check into that because suppression is depression, right? And- wow. Depression um, is depression. I mean, that, I that was a good quote, huh? You can't yeah. hold that back anymore. That, that's really <laughs> important. Yeah. I want to see how people are using that. Go ahead. Yeah, suppression is depression. And then uh, for from anxiety, it's really just the thought of I'm going into the unknown and I'm not the expert. So if you're feeling some form of anxiety and your position is based off um, people living in inequality, then I would check in with that too. Hmm. Mm. You know, I, I want to say that there are a lot of people that are out there in the field and some of them are tops in their area. There are women who are entrepreneurs, there are women that are CEOs that are actually out there and they want to be able to use this system of being able to do mind clearing. And, you know, it's a Simone method is actually out here. And I, I have to talk about it a little bit because a lot of people are stuck. And it's really because of different little things that are going on in their mind. They don't want the world to know who they are. And you need to be able to get in contact with Nia and Chantel Simone because we're building a foundation of getting people unstuck, mm -hmm. you know, and actually telling their truth. So if you know somebody who is actually out there, I want you all to get in contact with them. Show them this particular segment because it's more important so that you can see that we're talking about the area which are blockages and, you know, that suppression. You know, being depression, you know, we know that if you want to move further, you have to have the right tools. And if you don't know the tools, you know, don't suppress it anymore because that's only hurting you. You need to be able to uplift. So if anybody is interested, please note here in the comments, send us a message. That way we can, you know, let's work ourselves out of a lot of the things. So out yeah. Because chemicals are the thing that pulls most people down instead of leaving. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely, Lester. Uh, I so appreciate that. And, you know, yeah, guys, we're on a mission. We're tag teaming all of us here that you see on the line. And we're just on a mission to be able because life, you know, living on purpose is, is, is not about a, a, a long series of depression or, or just kind of um, out of sorts. It's about being yourself and getting to the core of who you are, which is divine, which is perfect, which is great. 
And we have to recalibrate sometimes. And that's why you may need to reach out to people like us to, to allow that process to happen. So Nia, from your experience, just as we wrap up, what what is the, the main um, type of mental health challenges that you often come across in your experience so far? Without a shadow of a doubt, depression and anxiety. That is uh, all time record high. Um, and that's to go without saying. Um, we do see a lot of the um, bipolar and schizophrenia disorders, but surpassing that light years, depression and anxiety for sure. Depression and anxiety. Okay, so we're gonna end off in this. For those, um, today we talked about, if, even if you're just chiming in, welcome. We talked a little bit about what the, where, what actually, what's really mental health and where it actually comes from. We challenge the, the, the different schools of thought, which I'll say in my closing messages. But Nia, first, if somebody's watching right now and they have depression and or anxiety, what's something that you can share with them maybe that they can do immediately, if not mm -hmm. sooner, <laughs> mm -hmm. to be able to move there? That's a shout out, Mr. Bailey. Uh, to be able to move themselves out of that so they can start seeing a different light. Yeah. I, um I use a lot of uh, introspective work, you know, really deep questions. And I, I always ask my clients to come visit me and who have questions about like depression, like really having them take an internal look at what's not working for them, right? Like what are some things that are not working? And then really analyzing what do they need to do in order to, to alleviate those things in their life and whether they're not willing to do, right? Because that at least gives you a starting point right, of how you can help yourself and how you can receive help. Um, now, for as far as anxiety goes, I would say what's what's concerning you, right, um, and what are the things that you're, you're most anxious about, and then really start to work on the how and the why. Like, like why is this so anxiety-provoking, and how is it showing up in my life? Because anxiety could be triggered by some form of, past trauma, neglect, or abuse that maybe because you know how the brain works, Chantel, um, mm -hmm. you suppressed because of you were in that survival mode. And so that's another thing that COVID-19 is bringing out, is bringing out a lot of unconscious um, trauma that people didn't realize they stored away somewhere maybe in their body um, or in their behavior, right? And then they just normalize, well, this is just how I am. So this is just how I am. It could be because it's some form of un- uh, of ne neglecting trauma, neglect, or abuse that needs to be addressed and it's showing up in your body through anxiety. Wow, wow. If somebody wanted to reach out to Ania to be able to um, to gain assistance, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, so um, I am at Rigel Consulting, so R-I-D-G-L-E consulting.com. They can reach out to me on my website or they can find me on Psychology Today's website or they can find me on Therapy for Black Girls. Nice, nice. Okay, we posted in the comments. If you want to reach out to me at any time, um, please feel free to do so so that she can. She's been in this field and knows, has, is a wealth of knowledge and and then so much so she's created her own process to healing yeah. mental health. 
So, so I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom. I'm sure a lot of people learned a lot of different things about mental health and, and the different sides of it, you know, because it's pretty multifaceted. Yeah. And so we appreciate you and your time, your expertise, and we look forward to some of the things that we're rolling out together to be able to impact more lives. So Nia, it was awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate being here. Likewise, absolutely. And Mr. Bailey, we did it again. Yes, we did. <laughs> And, and having fun at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love to see when we have these real discussions, perspectives, so that way we can all join the conversation. Let's all remember, stop running away from these type of conversations. Head forward. Because you would be so surprised once you start having a conversation, how you may help someone or how you may get the help that you need for yourself. Don't be afraid to have the conversation. Don't be afraid to let us know. Let's talk. We'll be here with you for a long time having these conversations. So I appreciate each and every one. Nia, oh my goodness. I got so many <laughs> notes right here that I think I can start studying, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have a course coming up too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Well, what a show. Today, we really deep dove into mental health. It is multifaceted in many different schools of thought. There's the old school thinking of the spiritual world. There's the new school thinking of the scientific world. And in some cases, some people reject both. We learned about the different elements of mental health and essentially that at some point in our lives, we all have gone through it. So it doesn't matter if, it, if you're going through it now, or if you went through it in the past, you're not alone. We actually all have different moments of it. The only difference is some people stay there and is driven by it. And some people seek the help that they need to be able to get themselves out of it. So if you're contemplating whether you're suffering from depression or anxiety, or even if you just feel like your, your state of mind could improve, make sure that you reach out to us. This is what we have dedicated our life's work towards for my transformation, mental health conditioning and overcoming so that we can truly go ahead to live on purpose with a purpose and for a purpose. And I always remind people, you know, as we start the show as we as, as the same way as we end it, we stand for three key things, purpose, mind, mastery and truth. There is truth out there to help you. So allow your allow your inner self to guide you to that truth to overcome. Thank you guys so much for watching the Wake Up and Live show. Make sure to click that share button. Send this to somebody that may be going through depression or anxiety or that may be challenging their school of thought because this just may help them get over that hump and start to live a fulfilling life. And make sure that you join us here at the same time, same place tomorrow for another episode of the Wake Up and Live show where we're sharing our platform with you so we can hear your perspective. So have a beautiful, blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. And always remember, you got one life, so make it count and navigate on purpose. Take care and have a blessed day.